0: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of Minds Over Money. I'm your host, Cameron Brady, and on this week's episode, I'm covering three headlines from last week that directly impact the economy, as well as having potential implications on your own investment portfolios. And those headlines are, restaurants add new fees to your check to counter inflation, car insurance bills are rising with more increases to come. And the May jobs report keeps the Fed on track for a half-point interest rate increase. In addition to those headlines, I'm also covering another financial planning topic, and this week, it's four lessons for successful investing. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy. This week's first headline is restaurants add new fees to your check to counter inflation. Checks now come chock-full of fees for everything from kitchen appreciation to wellness. Notice something extra on your recent restaurant tab? Fees for a non-cash adjustment, fuel surcharge, or kitchen appreciation have been showing up on more bills lately. Industry analysts say this wave of surcharges is mostly being driven by restaurants trying to cope with the impact of rising inflation and a tight labor market on their bottom lines. In addition, MasterCard and Visa in April raised transaction fees for many merchants. Lightspeed, a global developer of -of point-of-sale software, said fee revenue nearly doubled from April 2021 to April 2022, based on a sample of 6,000 US restaurants that use its platform. The number of restaurants adding service fees increased by 36.4% over the same period. The practice is similar to shrinkflation, when snack food companies reduce the size of packaging or portions to make it harder to spot price increases. The new fees aren't limited to just restaurant menus. Cardex, a software vendor that allows merchants to pass along credit card swipe fees to consumers as surcharges, had 2,600 clients as of November. The biggest areas of growth other than restaurants were general contractors and lawyers. Inflation and the pandemic posed particular challenges for the restaurant industry. The average price of supplies for a restaurant operator increased by 17.5% last year, according to NPD Group. By comparison, consumer spending at restaurants rose just 5% during that time. The increase in surcharges is a way for businesses to recoup at least some of those costs. Customers often seem to be more willing to accept the surcharges than outright price increases. The best way for consumers to navigate these surcharges is to be on the lookout for them. With rising costs everywhere these days, it's important to be on the lookout for hidden or not-so-hidden costs. Businesses seem keen on passing these added costs onto their customers, and it is up to you to be aware of them to help determine if the added fees are still worth your dining experience. This week's second headline is car insurance bills are rising with more increases to come. Rates are up as much as 20% as insurers grapple with inflation. Car owners need to buckle up. Higher premiums are starting to arrive as insurers get state approval for rate increases to offset inflation and an increase in serious crashes. Rates are rising as much as 20% in some locations as insurers seek increases to compensate for what they believe will be more sustained inflation. Consumers are starting to see the impact on their policies, which typically run for six months and come up for renewal some state insurance departments including california's are pushing back or going slow on approving these increases car insurers have struggled as driving and accidents have rebounded from pandemic lows car repairs and replacement vehicles are even more expensive insurers are paying for longer rental periods than they used to amid shortages of body shop technicians and delays in getting repair parts among other cost pressures In addition, traffic fatalities surged in 2021 to a 16-year high. During the first quarter, Allstate increased rates in 28 states, an average of 9.3% for its Allstate car insurance brand. An Allstate senior executive told analysts in an earnings call in early May that even the ongoing inflationary pressure, we have increased the magnitude of rate increases we expect to take in the rest of 2022. Allstate's underwriting income for its car and home insurance unit fell 83% to $280 million in the quarter. From the middle of last year, when some insurers began raising rates aggressively, the industry through early May obtained increases on about 61% of its base of personal auto premiums. The increases vary by state, with larger rate hikes by big carriers ranging from 7% to 20% as of March. The average U.S. car insurance rate was just over $1,500 last year. So far, regulators in California, the nation's most populous state, haven't approved any recent rate increase requests. The regulators are concerned partly that COVID-19 premium relief programs offered by car insurers in general were inadequate. Nationally, those programs spared consumers about $14 billion in payments during the early months of the pandemic in 2020 when driving plummeted and insurers enjoyed outsized profits. The California Department is reviewing data from Allstate and other carriers deemed to have the largest gaps between what the state believes they owe consumers and what has been refunded to determine how best to close the gap. Allstate provided an average 15% premium reduction to personal auto insurance customers for three months in 2020, allowed payment delays, and took other steps to help policyholders. The U.S. personal car insurance industry has turned an underwriting profit in just three of the past ten years. That means some insurers over much of the past decade annually sent more money out the door in claims and other expenses than they collected in premiums. Many carriers also have other lines of business and operations that have helped them generate profits overall. One noticeable element of the push for higher premiums may be a decline in advertising for car insurance. Insurers don't want to attract too many new customers at rates they consider insufficient, and cutting marketing expenses can reduce costs to boost results. Add your car insurance to the plethora of other costs that are going to be higher for the foreseeable future. With inflation at 40-year highs, your budget will need to compensate for these added costs. If you haven't looked over your family budget, now may be a great time to make the adjustments necessary to keep you on track with your financial goals. This week's third headline is The May Jobs Report Keeps Fed On Track for Half-Point Interest Rate Increase. Central bank officials are paying greater attention right now to inflation data to guide their policy plans. The strong employment figures released last Friday keep the Federal Reserve firmly on track to raise interest rates by another half percentage point at its meeting in two weeks and again in late July to cool high inflation. Employers added 390,000 jobs in May, the Labor Department said last Friday. The unemployment rate held steady at 3.6% as the number of people seeking work increased. Wages rose 0.3% from April, continuing a deceleration that, if it is sustained, could make Fed officials slightly less anxious about an overheating labor market. With Fed officials largely united on the need for half-point increases at their June and July policy meetings, the debate has shifted to what should occur at the following meeting in September. The jobs report is unlikely to influence that debate significantly because Fed officials have said they are more focused on monthly inflation readings right now and because there will be three more monthly employment reports to digest before that September meeting. To ease concerns about high inflation, Fed officials would like to see the pace of job growth slow, labor force growth pick up, and wage growth be moderate. Fed officials have said they could continue to raise rates in half-point increments beyond July if they don't see convincing signs that inflation is slowing. Some officials have expressed optimism that inflation will ease enough to justify moving to more customary quarter-point rate increases beginning in September. At the same time, senior Fed officials have signaled that the central bank isn't seriously considering any pause in rate increases in September. The central bank is looking to raise rates to levels that no longer provide stimulus, which it could reach in November or December. The Fed raised interest rates by a half percentage point last month for the first time since 2000, pushing its benchmark short-term rate to a range between 0.75% and 1%. With two more half-point increases by the end of July, the rate would rise to a range between 1.75% and 2%. Returning rates to levels that prevailed before the COVID-19 pandemic prompted the Fed to slash them to zero in March of 2020. In the past few weeks, more Fed officials have said that the unemployment rate may need to rise as they seek to slow economic growth to bring down inflation. That has often been a tricky task for the central bank in the past because a recession has almost always coincided with increases in the unemployment rate of more than a few tenths of a percentage point. The Fed last year maintained aggressive stimulus policies to spur a faster labor market recovery. Mr. Powell said last month it was possible disruptions from the pandemic had changed the labor market in ways that made current levels of unemployment inconsistent with the Fed's 2% inflation goal. In a speech last week, Fed Governor Christopher Waller said he was hopeful that the Fed could bring inflation down without weakening the labor market significantly. One way that could occur, he said, would be to reduce labor demand primarily by curtailing excess job vacancies and only pushing up the unemployment rate slightly to just above 4%. Others have signaled, however, that the Fed, in following through on expectations of a more aggressive policy tightening path, could cause more volatility in the economy and financial markets. There will be bumps along the road, said Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester last Thursday. She said the unemployment rate could rise above estimates of its longer-run level. In March, Fed officials judged that level was between 3.5% and 4.3%. The Fed now has the tricky task of cooling the economy down to reduce the current levels of inflation that we are all experiencing without pushing us into a recession. The situation for the Fed is like being on a tightrope across an active volcano. As policymakers attempt to slow the pace of job growth, stimulate labor force growth, and see moderate wage growth continue, we'll be keeping a close eye on the leading economic indicators to see how effective their policy changes are. This week's financial planning topic is The Four Lessons for Successful Investing. One of history's greatest investors, Benjamin Graham, gave us four lessons for successful investing. Through his storied investing experience, he credited these four lessons to his success. If you heed his advice, you are more likely to be successful and accomplish your financial goals. They are as follows. Don't invest with borrowed money, never pay too much for the prospect of future profits, never count on the greater fools to bail you out of reckless risks, and above all else, your results depend much less on how markets behave than how you behave. The first lesson is not to invest with borrowed money. This lesson may seem relatively simple. The costs associated with investing with borrowed money or on margin oftentimes outweigh the potential benefits. With rising interest rates, the cost to borrow this cash to invest is now higher and will go higher as the Fed increases interest rates. In order for this gamble to pay off, your investments will have to earn you more than your given interest rate. You will have to achieve what is called positive arbitrage. With the increased volatility we have experienced this year, this risky bet is now much harder to accomplish. The second lesson of not overpaying for the prospect of future profits deals with the fundamental reason we invest in stocks. As a stock owner, you participate in the given company's financial success. Stocks rise because the prospects of said company's profits are expected to rise. In order to be a successful investor, you have to pick companies whose value is attractively priced. This is done by looking at a company's price-to-earnings ratio. Instead of completing this analysis on your own, it is often better for investors to offload this responsibility to a professional manager. This allows the investor to not only have a professional do the stock picking, but also to invest in a diverse basket of stocks that will provide diversification for a smoother ride as markets gyrate through their ups and downs. The third lesson, never count on greater fools to bail you out of reckless risks is a warning to investors not to fall for flashy advertising or promises of outsized returns. Invest in what you know or find someone to help you invest in a portfolio that will help you achieve your stated financial goals. The investing world is rife with new alternatives like limited partnerships for oil and gas or real estate that often cost way more than they can possibly return. Stick to investments with long track records and verifiable results. The final lesson and the most important is your results will depend much less on how markets behave than how you behave. Your emotional state is the most easily managed variable when looking at your investments. You cannot control where the market will head in any given amount of time. The most valuable thing you can do as an investor is buy and hold for long periods of time. Don't try to time the markets, it's a losing game. Never sell your investments unless you need the cash to live on, and be disciplined with your investment plan, and you will reap the rewards. As financial advisors, setting up an investment plan and implementing a portfolio is the easy part. Managing expectations and being a buffer with clients' emotional decisions when the world seems to be falling apart is where we provide value. Our financial planning process and education surrounding client portfolios is what helps our clients achieve their dream retirement. If you and your life savings are being ignored or feeling taken advantage of, come join our family. We are a family-owned financial planning and investment advisory firm who promise to treat you like family. No products, no hard sell, no gimmicks, just honest advice based on our four decades of experience. If you have any questions on this week's episode, or are interested in getting an unbiased opinion on your finances, please give us a call at 440 235 2100, or email me at Cameron at MichaelBradyCo.com Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed.